following episode contains explicit language, violence, and depictions of suicidal violence. Previously on Masks and Mayhem. Obviously people will know that Austin died, but maybe letting the people think that Hornet's still around would keep this area safe. I would hate for all of Austin's hard work to be for nothing. Who's actually going to take the dog, I guess is the, the real question. Well, right now it's just me, myself, and I. I could use some company. You sticking around then? For a while, at least. Coming up the front stairs from across the way, with a big duffel bag on his shoulder, Agent Alan Rickard. Ruby's had a rough day. She, like, runs and, like, hugs him. Behind the crowd, you see the Channel 7 news van pull up. Intrepid reporter Shauna Ortega gets out. Hey, like, uh, I know that you're out here doing your job, and if you're out here trying to do some good work and help people too, then hopefully you'll give me a call if you get any kind of information, and then I give her my card. I have to protect my sources, but I will keep you in mind, of course, Mr. Ambassador. So, Myra, well, you check the caller ID and you see that it's your brother, Mo. Your brother works overnight security at a storage facility for Red Crystal International. You catch Ruth, and she's like, I gotta get to my next job. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I'm working at RCI now. Yes, the woman on the inside. It has been a week since the events of the last episode. Let's talk a little bit about what happened, everybody. Well, Agent Alan Rickard uh, came back and we hugged and we've been we've been hanging out. And I went to my meeting the next day or later that day. I saw Dan put up quotes around hanging out. She's like, we no, we hugged. That one's definitely canon because like she ran and jumped into his arms and they hugged. Mm hmm. That was it, I guess. Let me have you, Rachel, make two rolls for me. One is going to be filmmaking, and one is going to be persuasion. This is filmmaking. Math right out of the gate. How dare you? Hey, uh, 22. I, I rolled an 11, and then it was 11. And apparently I can't even do that in my head. All right, so 22 for filmmaking. How did persuasion go? Yeah. Uh, 26 in Persuasion, I rolled 17. Fucking eh? Yeah, yeah, you had a discussion with your distributor, uh, they were talking about, like, potentially wanting to push back to, like, sometime next year, but you, well, wh- when did you want to try to get it released by? What was your goal? If they wanted to, they wanted to do mid-next year. All of a sudden, horror flashback of, like, what's going on with the movie industry right now. We live in the anti-COVID timeline, so you're safe. For now. <laughs> I would say, I'm trying to think of what like, a good time for like an independent movie would be. I mean, so within our timeline right now, it's late September, uh, just about October. You know, I was, think- I was thinking like November, December, that it would 
that it's probably going to have a smaller release, but would probably do better when people are like out of school. All right. But yeah, you know what? You were just like, you gave a really earnest discussion uh, of your feelings and the distributor was like, okay. Uh, they looked at the budget and they're like, all right, probably not going to hit as many theaters, but I think we can get something put together by that point. Yay. As for Agent Alan Rickard, since you mentioned you two have been hanging out, he can't go into much detail quite yet, but he said you're going to be finding out soon about the mission that he's been on for the better part of the last year that took him out of Riverside City that he finally was able to complete and come come back to Echo Base. Cool. Ooh, was he with Myra? No, I don't think so. I mean, the, yeah, you know what? I was like, do I, do I want to leave that mystery hanging? But no, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he left long before her. He could have met up with her and helped her with whatever. I mean, that's fair. We don't know. We, we don't know his entire backstory of where he's been in the past year. And you were so quick to write me off. On the other side of this, though, what has uh, what has Laserhawk been up to in this past this past week? Did Laserhawk go to the vigil? I like to imagine that Laserhawk wasn't directly at the vigil, but like he breathed from the top of a building and watched over the vigil. It's what Hornet would have wanted. <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess just trying to do more research on the uh, Blue Cross slash Midnight Gang situation. And, of course, bonding with my new friend, Bodega. And, you know, we didn't really talk about this, but, like, you mentioned that you live in, like, an abandoned warehouse, essentially. How big of a warehouse are we talking? Is this, like, the the foundry from the end of Terminator 2? (laughs) Is this... I wouldn't go that far. I'm thinking, you know, I'm... I'm a Michigan boy. I got to kind of stick to the roots. I'm thinking like an abandoned auto warehouse. Okay. Somewhere where like, they used to make cars. I probably mostly hang out in like the office slash break room area. But, you know, there's a whole warehouse in case I need warehouse space for warehouse stuff. I'm imagining you like just pulling heavy equipment around to like train and like blasting things. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that. You know, plenty of room for bodega to run around. Okay, make me an investigation check. All right. That'd be a 19, a 14 plus 5. Hold on to that number for a moment, and we're going to talk about what Yardak has been up to. Yardak actually was hit pretty hard with Hornet's death because he didn't like him for so long, and then they finally started to grow on him. So he feels like he, even though he kind of just made the friend, it feels like more than that to him. So he's been kind of keeping to himself for the past week and was a little broken up at the vigil. And he's just been kind of doing his own thing solo. I do want to talk more about that, but I did just have a thought uh, to go back to Laserhawk just a second. Any of you hung out not in your hero outfits? Have they ever seen Laserhawk not in his like mask and, and outfit? Not that I know of. No, absolutely not. We just met like three days ago. Well, it's it's just worth asking because you did reveal each other's identities. They know who I am. They just don't know how dashingly good looking I am yet. So when you say Yardak has been like on his own, what does that kind of entail? Not like depressed, but like he's just kind of staying in his little home and like he pops in the union to like keep tabs, but not out there like doing like his own like side mission or anything like that. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you meant like, yeah, like doing something investigative or something like that. You rolled a, a 19 on the on the investigation. Yes, sir. So the big thing that you discovered in the meantime, in this past week, is that there has been following this event kind of a, a schism in the Blue Cross gang. Okay. 
like basically half of them are kind of they want to keep pushing the slam packs and getting in with the midnight gang and get vengeance really for everything that occurred that day uh and then there's the other half that basically wants to kind of like start fresh uh and get away from that um so that's the big thing you've noticed you haven't seen even though there is the one half that's kind of with the midnight gang still you haven't seen the midnights midnight you haven't seen midnight hydra or vapor kappa yeah so there's basically like a civil war amongst the Blue Cross gang. And that's kind of a little bit. Um, it hasn't quite spilled over into the North End, but like there's rumblings about it. Let them wipe each other out. It is worth noting that you found out that the anti-Midnight division is basically being headed by Jeremy, the guy you met who helped you out. The one that I gave my phone number to? Yeah. Okay. Would have preferred no gang life, but like. Yeah, I like how when you're like starting over and it's not like getting like a job or anything like that is new gang <laughs> more local gang he wanted to go back to how the gang was he liked how it was before i remember back when it was just stealing cars stereos and robbing old ladies on the street now it was selling drugs working with super mutants what about the old ladies reginald when are we gonna rob an old lady again so yeah that's kind of uh that's kind of what you discovered in this past week of investigations nice did any of you speak at the vigil Maybe? I don't know. I feel like if anybody did, Ruby would have, but... I probably talked about how he loved the North End, and how he would want the community to keep looking out for each other. Okay. Actually, Ruby, roll me another uh, persuasion check. Ooh, I rolled... I did my math in my head correctly. It was 24. I need you all to be very impressed. We are in awe. You gave like a really stirring, moving, moving speech. Um, you just really like, you know, reminded everyone about what was important and what Austin cared about. When you go into Jack's pub now, there's like actually like a large printout picture of Austin on the wall. Okay. But like, you know, he's got also got a couple pictures of like famous people that have come through, but he's also got like Austin now on the wall too. Good. That's cool. The superhero he asked to be like, protect the North End. I am the weakest. I work best in a group. I need y'all to help me out. <laughs> well, then this is this is a good question of what are you all up to this one week later? And are you together? I mean, we haven't really had any need to be other than the vigil. If that's the case, I want to know what you're up to now one week later. Where are you as as of right now? Um, uh, Not super late. We'll say like 8 p.m. Oh, I mean, I would be at home at that point. I imagine that I kind of patrol in the North End, not as like heavy as like Austin did, but keeping my eyes open. Okay. I have a stick and I'm playing fetch with Bodega. At eight o'clock at night? Yeah, we're night people. So Yardak is just chilling at in his cave. (laughs) We haven't really described it. What I've always what I've always imagined it like a cave and it has like one of those portholes at the top. You can, that's how you can get out of it. Like, you know, it was like one of those wheels you turn to like open a submarine. That's how you get out of it on. Oh no. Well, okay. I'd also imagine there was like a water entrance as well. Like it was both. Oh, I I mean, I just, and then also like a big glass, a big glass piece that like you can look at in the ocean from inside of it. Oh, you gave me entirely too much credit. I thought it was just there. Like I found it when I was swimming and that's where I'm sleeping. Oh, I imagine it was more, like, installed by the Atlantean government as, like, you know, your space. Nope. I mean, it sounds lovely, and I, I've just never thought of it. It's your space. You get to decide. What is it? Yeah, let's let's have it, because that way people can, like, come to mine. It's because, like, I can't just be like, hey, dive down into the bay and then swim under and come to my house. They'd have to take, like, a boat. So, yeah, we'll, we'll give me a little bit, a couple accoutrements. 
all right, so we're playing fetch, we're chilling at home, and we're patrolling the North End. Yep. All right, it's not long after this. What does Yardak do when he just chills at home? I gotta know. Read a book. Knit. All right, so you get a phone call. It's from a number you don't recognize, though. No. <laughs> um, I'll pick it up. Uh, hello? Hey, Sean Ortega, Channel 7 News, you gave me your number? Yeah, yeah, hey, Sean, uh, what's going on? Yeah, you told me to, to contact you if anything really uh, floated my way. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Uh, is something going on? Yeah, can I text you a location? Yeah, for sure. I'll uh, get ready to head out then. I'm at uh, one of the Riverside hotels. Yeah, if you could just I'll, if you could just come here, I'll I'll explain. Uh, if, you, if your friends are with you, bring them with. All right, I'll be there as soon as we can. Whatever address she gives me, I'm going to uh, forward it to them in the group chat and uh, be like, uh, "Meet me here ASAP." We'll do. So yeah, she's and she's already out patrolling, so she's already ready to go. Jump in my van, set, set a quick tick to Bethany, like, hero stuff. Uh, see you later. Hero stuff. I don't, you did not give me a lot of info. I don't know. I don't have info. <laughs> That's fair. Ruby doesn't know that, though. How far am I from Ruby if she's on the north end? Uh, if she's on the north end, you're in the bay. I kind of imagine that, if anything, the warehouse that Laserhawk is at is kind of along the bay, like along the docks. I mean, my question is, like, could she realistically, like, come pick me, like, pick us two up and then go up there? Or should we, like, Uber? Yeah, there's no reason to think that she couldn't, like, if you could swim to Laserhawk's area, like. Well, she's like 25 minutes away. Well, that would just kind of be a waste of time. From where you're at, she would she could easily swoop in and, like, grab the two of you on the way coming in my van but someone has to sit in the front seat i don't want this driving this daisy shit okay i'm going to text ruby to have her come pick us up on the way to the hotel is Laserhawk agreeing to it because Laserhawk hasn't said anything about it i've actually just been waiting for Laserhawk. what are you doing so i could go into okay bodega daddy's gotta go to work but he's gonna fill up your dish with big old food and he's gonna give you the water and he's gonna fluff your bed up all nice and neat and you're gonna have a lovely time by yourself i'm gonna put on the radio so you're not so lonely i love you bodega i love you bodega i love this dog keep every every second of that in so yeah again probably like 20 minutes till ruby like swings by um, do, do you give her the address of your warehouse or do you have her pick you up somewhere nearby? I give her the address of a nearby warehouse. Again, y'all aren't that close yet, so I wanted to know like what level of, of trust are we building up here? I'm afraid that if she sees where I'm keeping Bodega, she's going to take Bodega. And this dog is kind of my last... Your last thread. Link to reality. She knows it's a warehouse. Like, I don't know how much worse that could get. You guys pick him up and the hotel... It's right across the Kirby Bridge outside of the North End, like going into the main part of the city. It's kind of like a motel. It's kind of a crappy motel, like two stories. So you get to it, this kind of this crappy rundown motel. Do you park? I always have to ask this question because, you know, unless you volunteer the information, I assume you brought the van there. Yeah, that was part of my question. Is like, do we have like Ruby's van available for us to like make an escape if we need to? Yeah, uh, you get there, you see a couple police cruisers, you see the Channel 7 news van, you see Shauna and Kenny just hanging out in front of it. Wait, I, never mind, I don't know why, I, I assumed that they were married. <laughs> That's her cameraman. We don't know the nature of their relationship, to be fair. So y'all pull up, there's the two cruisers, flashing lights, uh, some police tape upstairs, with Kenny and Shauna just kind of chilling by their van. Oh, okay, so it's just like a crime scene. Like, what, the bad stuff had already happened. Basically. So you pull up, they're outside, what do you do? 
I'm going to walk to Shauna and say, like, hey, we're here. Like, what's going on? Thank God you're here. You remember how I told you that I needed to protect, needed to protect my sources? Yeah. Yes. Well, I figure this is time to bring you in for this one, because um, one of my sources is now dead. Oh. Do you think that somebody knew they were your source? I have to imagine. He was, he was really jumpy. He thought someone was following him. Uh, he'd been kind of giving me some information for the past couple weeks, and he kind of went silent. He was giving me short updates, but not much. And, and he had just told me um, where he was. He was he wanted to meet up. And on the way here, I, I heard on the police scanners, they got called to this location by the time I got here. They, they won't confirm it to me, but it's the room, same room number. And she kind of points up to where you can see like police coming in and out of the, out of the one room. What was he giving you information about? He works for this company that's been kind of shady. He's a little concerned about like what's going on behind the scenes. And she kind of flips through a notebook, uh, Red Crystal International. Mm-mm-mm. Always goes back to them. Why is it always them? That just sounds like an evil corporation. Thank you. He, he didn't give me too much specifics, but like they're kind of harboring some, you know, unusual items. Um, and I was just kind of looking into it when all this went down. Can you put us in the wheelhouse of what we're looking at? Is it strange tech? Is it drug related? Is it something with an ancient Aztec curse? She looks at you, Laserhawk. As far as he's been telling me, all of the above. Mystical items was one of the things he mentioned. I was about to say, Miss Ortega, you might be taking me on the most interesting adventure I've ever been on. I just had the worst. What if the source is Mo? Well, I have to uh, to ask, do, could you maybe, do you know what your source's name was? It's not in my nature to give away source information. I'm going to try to persuade Shauna to tell me the name by saying, Shauna, the source is dead. I mean, at this point, uh, giving us a name is kind of a moot point. I mean, but like nothing else can happen to the source, sadly enough. I rolled a 17 and 9 is 26. She looks over at Kenny and Kenny kind of just looks up at her. He had his face in his hands and he looks up at her and he kind of just nods. His his name was James Malone. <laughs> we do not. The side relief is, is not like a character. It is not Mo. Y'all are terrible. Hey, it's a friend. I mean, you just don't let me get sad, but you roll an intellect check or a history check if you have one. Um. Who is that directed toward? Specifically, uh, Yardak and Rachel. Sorry, Laserhawk, not trying to keep you out of this. No, you're fine. I just got here like a week and a half ago. I rolled an 18, so... 23. My intellect is only a 6? Ew. That's really high. Oh. <laughs> a regular person is 0. Oh, I'm so smart. Okay, I got a 16. I rolled a 10. <laughs> You recognize, not necessarily his last name, but you recognize the first name. James? Specifically in regards to Red Crystal International, because that was the name of the friend that Mo called the night that you were trying to figure out what Brigand had stolen. Damn, throw back. James was uh, how Brigand was able to steal some of the stuff. Ooh. Oh, like he helped him. In, yeah, in a roundabout way. And she looks at you, Yardak. I just feel like it can't be a coincidence that he was afraid someone was following him, and then he's murdered. Brigand got away, did he not? Was Brigand's, like, do we know this about Brigand? Was Brigand's killing thing just, like, I personally don't want to kill, or I don't want to see people get killed if they don't have to? Uh, well, he had the opportunity to to shoot Myra, basically, and she, and basically just said to her, you're lucky I don't, like, you're lucky I don't like doing that on a job if I don't have to. He won't if he, if he doesn't have to, but he has. So, maybe our boy Jim Jam here had a little bit too much info. Uh, I'm going to say to Shauna, 
I don't know James personally, but I have heard of him through uh, a friend of ours. We had a dealing with a guy named Brigand a while back, and he ended up helping him uh, get some tech from RCI. And if if that's the reason he may have died, then we really need to get to the bottom of this if Brigand is back. Now, he didn't mention anything about a guy named Brigand. Um, just He was just having some weird experiences where he thought he was being followed, like some, some strange accidents that almost happened to him that he just felt was too coincidental. And then, again, given what occurred, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be opting to believe him at that point. Some like Final Destination shit? Yeah, things that just seemed like uh, they were meant to kill him, but you know, otherwise seemed normal. Mm-hmm. But that's all the information I have. They won't let me up up into the crime scene. I didn't know if maybe you might be able to pull your weight to find out a bit more. You got the right idea on that one. Uh, sit tight. I'll be right back. I'm going to go talk to these guys. And then I hustle my little Atlantean legs up to the second floor. I guess I think we go with you. Well, I was going to ask you, does everyone stay together? I'll probably hang back with Shauna on account of the police don't know me as well as they know these two and or don't have as high of an opinion of me as they do these two. I don't know that the police have a problem with you. Union has a problem with you. I don't know who has a problem with me. I only just got here. Okay, so yeah, you're going to hang back and the other two are going to head up to the police. We'll come back to you in just a moment then. Okay, question. (laughs) And it has a point, I promise. Are the police officers men or women? The two that are kind of guarding the, the entrance are there's one one man, one woman. Oh damn! Um, I just want to point out: are you you're about to ask me about the attractive trait? Correct? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to point out that even if it's a straight woman, they can still find you attractive. Yeah, I know. That was my question: is one is he straight, and two is he gay? You don't know that. You can attempt to persuade them, and I will determine. Okay, yeah, that wasn't going to be my next thing. That I also assume I'm in, like that I made my mask and stuff, and. Oh, yeah, you were already out patrolling. Oh, yeah, I was already doing that. I also like to imagine, because we had kind of discussed about you having, like, like a symbol, potentially, like, an eye. Yeah. Maybe I put that on my dress. Well, don't you wear, like, a jacket with the dress? Oh, yeah, I do wear the jacket, so probably with the jacket. I was thinking you'd do that, and then I also imagine once you created that symbol, like, you'd probably just, like, wipe your hand across the van to put the symbol on the side, like, when you're heroing. 100%, yes, hadn't thought of it, but yes, 100% Ruby would do that. Yeah, I thought that'd be kick-ass. So yeah, you're in your hero garb and you're walking up to these these police officers of unknown sexuality, <laughs> which is the name of my next band. So I am walking up to these officers of the law. I'm just going to walk right up, hand extended out. Hello, like I'm Yardak. The female officer looks at you and goes, "Hey, Mr. Ambassador, what's uh, what brings you to this of all places?" The victim inside here is kind of a friend of a friend of a friend. I just wanted to see if there was, like, anything you might be able to let me in on. Like, I want to help just as much as the next guy. And, I mean, I can have my resources and you have yours. And, I mean, better to team up than kind of, like, let the bad guy go, don't you say? The other officer pops in. I don't know if Lieutenant Paxton would like that. Who the fuck is Paxton? There are many people that work for the Riverside City Police Department. You've met a small fraction of them. Well, I don't know. Sometimes I forget things. I just wanted to double check. Perhaps we could talk to your lieutenant, explain that we're here to help. Roll a persuasion check. 24, because I rolled an 18 again. She looks at the two of you, the other officer, and she goes, yeah, yeah, come on. Let's, we'll check in with Paxton and see what he says. And she kind of like brings you to the doorway, tells you to hold on a minute, and just yells in, Lieutenant, I have someone who would like to speak with you. He's a rather burly looking fella, you know, a little bit of a bigger belly, 
comes out. He's in his you know normal officer's uniform, and he goes, "Oh, visual aid, Yardak, right, right." Yeah, got it in one. Yeah, they say they 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 kind of know the the victim. So is that so? We don't know him, the victim personally. There's no conflict of interest or anything like that. We just have a few professional connections to him. Someone was a little suspicious of things and wanted us to take a look. And we thought we could be of help. Just combine resources. All right. Uh, roll another persuasion check. Not as good, but not bad. 21. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Better to bring in the big guns on occasion, especially with a weird one. A weird one, you say? Yeah, and he kind of gestures you into the room. Obviously go in. <laughs> yeah, you go in, and there is just, like, blood everywhere. Oh. Oh, wow. It's, like, a lot of signs of a struggle. Like, at one point, there's, like, a cracked mirror, and it's kind of smeared across that. Oh. What horror movie does it look like right now? You know what? I guess it's a little much to say there's blood everywhere, but it's clearly a sign of a struggle that extended across the room. This is just a Yurdak. Has anyone seen Norman Bates around? Jesus. Unclear whether Yardak knows who Norman Bates is. No idea. And then on that note, we're going to go back over to Laserhawk, who's just hanging out with Shauna. Yeah, basically. And she kind of switches into reporter mode for a moment. Ah, fuck. So, Laserhawk, what brings you to Riverside City? She doesn't have a recorder out, and Kenny's not filming, but she's asking very pointedly. Susan or off the record? Off the record. Midnight's. The Midnight Gang is in Riverside? That's what we have reason to believe. Working with the Blue Cross to move slam packs. Officially, I'm just tracking down some old foes. I don't need the press getting wind that the Midnights are here, otherwise they're going to move. And I like it here. I'd like to stay for a bit. She nods. Alright, yeah. And she hands you her card. You know, if you ever have any, uh, you know, if you ever want to talk a little bit more on the record, you know, give me a call. I'd be fascinated to learn more about the Midnight Gang, you know, perhaps perhaps once it's more public without it being pushed. I think that can be arranged, Miss Ortega. Now, I have a very important question for you. You know anything about raising dogs? And we're going to jump back over to Ruby and Yardak then. <laughs> yeah, you just walked into the room, blood everywhere. I look around and see if I can tell anything about the struggle. Yeah, I want to roll a perception. Yeah, you should. I'll roll a perception, but I have no rank, so. Actually, you're going to want to roll investigation. Yeah, literally an investigation. Are you trying to perceive something in particular, or kind of just doing a general layout of the room? Not so much particular right now, because we just walked in, but I want to see if something jumps out to me. Okay, I'll let you do, per- I'll let you do perception then. I rolled a 10! Got an 11. But I have no ranks in it, so I rolled a 10. Oh, plus 8, 19. I mean, you can see there's a body with like a tarp over top of it. You can see the blood splatter and kind of follow a little bit of a trail, like where it went from like, again, from one side of the room, like from where the door is across the mirror uh, and down to where he's at. Other than like, other than that trail, there's nothing else that really stands out to you. Oh, wait, what did you roll again, Yardak? 19. Actually, you do notice that there's like a duffel bag open on the bed. The police haven't gone through that yet. Not as far as you can tell. I'll try to stay on their good side. Has anybody taken a check to see what's inside the bag? No, no, we've been focused more on the on the body, And but if you'd like to take a look, feel free. Should we put gloves or anything like that on? And he hands you a set of gloves. That makes me a little bit better, I guess. Grab the gloves from him and then open up the bag. And I see... 
yeah, it's like a go bag, like everything, clothes, some some rations. He is prepared to bug out. Yardak, roll another perception check. Ooh, 17. 17 plus 9. 26 altogether. Yeah, you realize looking out, like, with the way that the body's laid out, even though there's a tarp over it, you see something from right outside of, like, where his hand is, like, under the bed. Ooh, he was going for something. Okay, I'm gonna lift up the little bed skirt to see what I can see. Um, so there's actually uh, a pistol there. Oh, he was going for protection. Okay. Uh, but there's also, like, a crumpled up piece of paper. Ooh, that says... It looks like he was in the middle of uh, writing a note. It was like, Shauna, comma, I think I'm going to have to move again. I know I just gave you this location, but, and then it stops. And the rest is kind of just scrawled and it just says, loose ends. That makes me, st- again, go to Brigand, because like, loose end, like that's, he's the only loose end we really have. The only loose end we really have. Not that this dude has. Oh, yeah, true. Maybe, maybe we should ask Shauna if if he's leaving this note for Shauna. We should ask her if it means anything. Yeah, I feel like we should tell the police that we don't want to be. They don't want us to think we got in here to like hide evidence or something. But I want to like quick take a picture of it on my phone that way I can show Shauna. And Lieutenant Paxton like hands it to a CSI the, and bag bags it up. Uh, he actually like opens the gun for a moment. And he's like, "Guy didn't get off a single shot." Professional. Uh, and and Lieutenant Paxton looks across and he says, "Nothing about this is professional. This is sloppy." And like he, he like he had him clearly here, and they point to the the mirror where like there's all the blood and it's like shattered. And he says, "But they dragged him over here. They were they were vicious and looking to hurt." Gonna go uh, on a limb and the whole uh, something hidden behind the mirror. Can I flip it over? Yeah, yeah, you can flip it over. So yeah, I'm gonna flip it over. There's nothing there. No investigation because it's more specific. I want to look for something that was around that area. Okay. Okay. Hell yeah. 18. Now what is my investigation? Cause I don't really think I've used it much. 25. Can I go look and see at the bathroom? Sure. And to answer your question, you you're investigating around the mirror area. Mm-hmm. It's like a vanity. Like it's got like a, a dra- set of drawers in the mirror. Uh huh. When you slide it forward, a knife actually drops out from behind it falls to the floor. Ooh, murder guy's knife. Uh, yeah, it's covered in blood. Ooh, all right. I'll be like, hey, Mr. CSI, come get your murder weapon. Uh, when you look at it, it's very much like a outdoorsman knife. Sufficiently stabby. Sufficiently stabby, yeah. Uh, you hand that over to a CSI then? Mm-hmm. He bags it up, and Paxton sends him out to put it back with evidence. Do I see anything special in the bathroom? It looks like it's been kind of torn apart a little bit. It's not... As bad as what the out, out there looks like, really. Can I roll perception again? Sure. I rolled a 12 this time, a little better. Yeah, but nothing really stands out to you. Just quickly was trying to go through this through this space. What do you guys do next? I really didn't think there would be much else for us to find. Thank the officers for their time and then head back down to Shauna. Okay. It's always nice when we're able to work with law enforcement. Thanks for the assistance. You know, I don't know if we would have uh, necessarily found the murder weapon without you two. And then you guys go and meet with Shawnee, you were saying? Yeah. I wonder why he didn't take it with him. But, like, the murder weapon to hide. Why he would just hide it there. Had to leave in a hurry? Yeah, or maybe he didn't get very far. Ooh, like he's still here. Yeah, like in the hotel somewhere, I guess? Ooh, yeah, we should talk to the front desk and see if there's anybody else checked in. I mean, you can just look around a lot and you can see that there's plenty of people checked in. A lot of them are actually standing outside kind of, like, talking about what's happening. <laughs> Crazy someone got murdered, right? Can I do a perception roll to see if I notice anybody that I recognize? 
Ew, nine, eight, so 17. No, I mean, just random civilians. If you've seen them before, they're nobody that stands out. So then we'll go to Shauna and show her the note. As you're walking up to Shauna, you notice she is just giving Laserhawk a whole list of great places to get dogs groomed, <laughs> dog food, uh, fun parks in the town. I uh, look up at Ruby and I'm like, I need paper and a pen. Can you do that? Pencil. I think I'm gonna do a pencil. Can't do a pen. Pencil. I make a pen. Uh, I make a little some paper and I make a pencil. It's like a little like waitress pencil. And I just start furiously running down dog notes. I make like a, I don't think I can make like a contraption of a clipboard, but I make something like a clipboard to use as a hard service, and I hand it. A real fucking MVP. He's just, he's just sitting in the open van with Kenny. <laughs> I guess now you can always use your phone as the hard surface. I was also just thinking that he has a phone. Like, I imagine I have like a shitty like fucking flip phone. I've got two heroes with flip phones now. Great. <laughs> I live in a fucking warehouse. We're, we need to get you need to give us a good mobile plan because I can't deal with this shit anymore. None of my gifts go through when I send them to the group chat. So yeah, you approach Sean is giving notes to Laserhawk. Not great news. I'm going to let her finish up until I'm, I gently sh- like say, like, hey, we found this in the room. Does it mean something to you? I mean, this kind of goes with everything else he's been saying. He's been saying he's been bugging out. He's been trying to keep moving. You know, uh, He said he's been trying to tell tell his coworkers. No one was really you know, sure what to make of it. He just seemed to kind of freak out the one day and start living out of the motels. Would I have seen this photograph? I mean, you were there when we showed her. What does loose ends mean? told me that he mentioned to a few of his coworkers that they should probably be getting out too. That like they should be bugging out and not coming to work because you know, it was dangerous now. Yeah, you know, for a while I just thought he was paranoid. Do you have any of the names of these coworkers? Because it sounds like they might be in danger. Uh he did not give me their names, but I, he did mention that like this is there's only one one RCI facility in Riverside. Because I genuinely don't remember. Did Mo leave <laughs> with Sama? Or, like, were her parents? No, Myra left town. Mo and Hazima stayed in Riverside so that they could continue to go to college. Okay. So there is a good chance this coworker might be Mo. Coworkers, but yes. Coworkers. So one of them could be Mo. So while we're standing here, I want to fire off a text to Mo. Like, hey, do you know of any, like, shady goings on at RCI right now? And what are the rest of you doing? I was going to send a text of my own to Data Kraken. Basically, with whatever info we've been able to pull together, the name of the guy who got killed, RCI. Sounds like some shit's going on. What do you got for me, Kraken? And what is uh, what is Ruby doing? You said you never met any of these coworkers, right, Shauna? No, no, I never had a chance to meet them. It was two coworkers in particular. He had reason to believe that they were in danger just like he was because of uh, their experience talking about RCI to other people. And so saying, it's like, why would he even be targeted? Like, what was what made him think he was getting targeted if he wasn't doing something? So, like, he was talking to somebody about what it was like to work at RCI. Did Ruth work at RCI too? Yeah, we established that about two or three episodes ago that she just got a job at RCI. We, yeah, we know a couple people that worked there, and so we're just obviously we'd be concerned about anyone, but they've talked to us about it, so we're worried about them. Well, if if you have friends that work at RCI, I mean. This is a bold indicator to me. You should get in contact with him because something's going down. He wasn't he wasn't just paranoid. Obviously. I'm going to get the story out. 
it's clear now. And then I'm going to turn to Yardak. I was like, perhaps we should also check in on Ruth. Yeah, any excuse to talk to my girl Ruth. <laughs> All right, so you're texting Ruth and Mo? Yeah, I'm going to send her the same message I sent to Mo. Be like, hey, the, do you have any idea what's been going on at uh, RCI? You normally are the one with your ear to the ground. Mo gets back and says, I'm just heading in for my shift for the night. I know James has been really weirded out by things lately. Why do you ask? It's nothing particularly shady has happened, not since everything went down last year. Buddy, I got some news for you. I feel like telling somebody a friend of theirs is dead via text is not a good move. Uh, even as an Atlantean, I feel like Ever? Yardak would know that. And Ruth gets back to you and says, I don't know. I keep my ear down to try and hear anything, but nothing so far. I told you I would tell you. Anyway, sorry, I'm I'm getting ready for bed. All right. Uh, thanks for letting me know what you know. Uh, sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. And then I go back to Mo because uh, that's the serious one. Hey out there, we are back with a new arc and with uh, some new mysteries. And I want to take a moment to thank my best friend, Tom Van Orden, for collaborating with me on the show's newest villain. And I also want to take a moment to shout out the excellent team at Green Ronin who create Mutants and Masterminds, the game we use to make this show possible. I am glad to see a company whose products mean a great deal to me, taking a stand in support of movements like Black Lives Matter. Gaming has a ways to go when it comes to inclusivity and diversity, but the first step to solving any problem is recognizing that there is one. I'll be including some links in the show notes on our website, also through our social media pages, uh, of ways you can support Black Lives Matter. But for now, let's get back to the game. Actually, the reason why I asked is it's about James. Uh, After you're done your shift, would you be able to meet up tomorrow morning? I suppose I can do that. Sure, I have classes in the afternoon, so I am going to need to make sure to get to sleep. Is it something that you can just come swing by now? Actually, yeah, two birds, one stone, because then I'll be at RCI. Uh, yeah, actually, we could definitely do that. We're out right now. Yeah, let me know when you're here, and I'll, I'll have someone else uh, watch, the, watch the monitors for a moment. All right, looks like we're making a field trip. RCI, I wanted to point out, we are again having to tell someone that someone is dead. <laughs> yeah. It's not like a sun-like figure, at least this time. Yeah, at least it's just like that co-worker. He might not even like him. He was friendly with him. Yeah, okay. Okay, so you, you're texting Mo. You said that to him. What else are you doing? Or are you just heading right there? After the text with Mo, I'm going to say to Sean and be like, hey, uh, I might have a little bit of a lead uh, my own. So we'll catch up some other time. If you have anything in reference to this, please let me know. Um, I want to make sure James's story gets out as soon as I can get some more more hard confirmations. Oh, yeah, you got it. You're the one who even let us know about this, so you're definitely one of the people we let know. All right, good luck. All right, so we hop in the the Ruby Mobile. Is that what it's called? Okay, so yeah, you head over to RCI, which is not super far from where you're at right now. You're kind of on, you know, just the beginnings of, of the main part of town. It's a little further downtown. Yeah, you pull up, and do you text Mo that you're there, or... Yeah, I'm going to send a text to Mo saying, hey, we just got here. We're out front. Whenever you have a bit, uh, come on out. Okay, be right out. He sees you, like he walks out the door and he looks around. <laughs> He's in such a chipper mood. I know. Why are you doing this? He sees you and he waves you down and he walks and he walks over to the van. He he kind of like takes note of the fact that you're in your hero garbs and like the fact that you got like a new big guy with you. And he's like, what's what's going on? Yeah, remember how I said that uh, James was the reason I was texting you in the first place? 
Yes. He got murdered. And Moe's eyes go wide and go, oh my god, he was right. Do you know any more specifics of what he was telling you? No, it was just that he, he felt he was being followed, and he thinks it's because of of his involvement with Brigand and with everything that happened last year, and because he was talking to the press, because he didn't trust the company anymore. And, you know, I kind of, like, told him, like, hey, you know, I've talked with people, too, and I'm okay. And that's that's when he really just started being convinced that something was going to happen. And and he stopped coming to work. We had to let him go. I have this new guy here uh, that we just finished training to replace him. What about Miss Day? Uh, yeah, we texted Ruth. Ruth is fine. And she said that she really hasn't been seeing or experiencing anything, really, that uh, James was talking about. I was like, so he was involved with Brigand stealing things from RCI, and then RCI kept him on? He did it under duress. The Brigand, like, threatened him. Oh, okay, okay. That makes more sense. Who the fuck is this new guy? Because I feel like he's the bad guy, and he need, he wanted to be put into this position. His name's Brian? Brian who? Uh, Jacobson. Brian McStabbed the guy. Yeah, that's a little bit more on the nose. I'm not going to let you go down the path where you think that someone <laughs> killed someone over a fucking, like, a chest of a minimum wage job. No, I don't mean so he can get the fucking job. I meant because he's a part of RCI, and now he's, like, there to, like, as a plant to see what other people are saying. I, yeah, let me, I'm going to stab a bitch for $1.75. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good dental plan. God. You know what people might, like... In this economy? Okay, I mean, do I need to bring Brian out? Are we concerned about him? Um, I feel like a direct confrontation at this point in time would not be the best. Um, but keep your sights on Brian, and we'll, I guess, try to do our own recon when it comes to him. Oh, okay, if, if you think that's best. But what about, like, someone, you said someone murdered him, correct? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. And I just want to point out that you, potentially believing that Brian, the guy I'm going to be alone with all night, may be involved. (laughs) When you say it like that. But you got cameras on you. At this point, Mo grabs you by the shoulders and shakes you. And he says, the company controls the cameras. Oh, fair point. (laughs) Successfully scared the shit out of Mo. You guys want to go get Waffle House? Everyone roll perception. Can't see shit. I rolled a four. 13. Perception. Eight is 21. 26 with a mat 20. Perceive an everything. Laserhawk and Yardak roll dexterity. Oh, fuck. Told you he's a bad guy. Told you. The fact I don't get to roll dexterity probably does not bode well for me. 17 plus 5 is 22. 17. Yeah, Yardak and Laserhawk both noticed this, but Yardak was quick enough. Yardak, you just snatched a dagger out of the air. Oh, bitch. Um, that was flying That was flying right at Mo. I knew Brian was a baddie. He ain't going to stab somebody from a minimum wage. It's not Brian. <laughs> it is until I see otherwise. You take a look like over to the left of you, and it's a, a guy that's like decked out in for lack of a better term, survivalist gear. Like, he's got, like, a bandolier on, and he's got, like, a couple, like, a side holster of knives, and he's wearing, like, a gas mask kind of thing. I'm blasting him with a solar shotgun. All right, roll for attack. No, I was gonna try and put him in a box, so. Well, I mean, you, you, I think at this moment, like, as he's blasting, you're just realizing what happened. <laughs> okay. Uh, that would be a 26. 26? Yeah, let me roll. 
So he was kind of, he was on like a second story balcony. And so you blast him and he goes flying back and you hear like a thump, but you can't see him anymore. That's fine. I have Pulsar Pogo. I'm hopping up there. Well, before you can do that, everyone roll initiative. Oh boy. I apparently do not. It makes sense because I didn't, I barely perceived that this fight was happening. Eight. 24. 20. Not Nat. You said you wanted to jump up there? Yeah, I'm just going to pull Sarpogo up to the balcony because I should definitely be able to get to a second story balcony. Okay, so you jump up there and the survivalist looking dude is just uh, getting up. Brian. Um, like he's like, he's like singed. It's not Brian. In fact, at that moment, Brian runs out the door after hearing the blasting going on. Screaming, oh god, I need to get out of here. My name is Brian. He looks at Mo, nods, closes the door, and locks it. Locking Mo out? Told you he's not a good guy. Well, he nodded at him. He, hey, company priority, protect that. Oh, I acknowledge your death, nod. Protect the assets. All right. Uh, yeah, Brian might not be a villain, but for sure reason, he's Yardex nemesis. Yeah. He's like getting up, but his like chest is like singed because you hit him straight on. What do you do? We're on a second balcony, right? Correct. Bet you wouldn't be running anywhere if I threw him off the balcony, huh? Do it. So you're going to have to make a grab check. Okay, what do I roll for that? Unarmed attack. Unless you have a grab-based power. This is this is good. Oh, this is very good. That's a 23. Okay, and now make a strength check. That's not as good. 21. I rolled 18 plus 3. So you got him, but he's resisting, so you don't really have the ability to maneuver him at all. I'm assuming that it wouldn't be any easier if I just yeeted us both off the edge, huh? Well, I mean, you don't have any movement ability right now. Like, you've used your move action and your and your standard action. I'm going to scream, what the hell, man? And he just yells out, get the boy. There's more of them? Yeah, suddenly you notice uh, all around you there are four more of them. Can I, I want to pop him in a bubble. Oh, you want to put Mo in a shield bubble? Yep. All right, it's your turn, so if that's what you're going to do with your standard action? Yeah. Okay. Well, wait. How many are there? Five total. Oh. So it's four down there and the one with Laserhawk. Correct. And they're not and they're not all together. They're all like in opposite directions. And they're all kind of decked out in the same kind of look, kind of a gas mask. Some of them are wearing like camo. Yeah, I I'll I'll put him in a bubble. Okay. So that's your standard action. Are you gonna do anything for your move action? No. Depending on where they were, if I would need to move to put myself in a different position, but they're just all surrounding us, so there's really not really anywhere I can move. So yeah, just gotta keep Mo safe. If that's the case, it is Mo's turn, and he is just kind of like looking around like, whoa, I am in a bubble of water. And he kind of just like kneels down to kind of like put himself in like a more defensive stance. He's totally 100% that calm right now. Just, whoa, this is neat. I better get down. Yeah, basically, Mo is not easily, uh, is not easily shook. He's adaptable. I hope he got assassinated, but look at this bubble, man. It is the baddie's turn. The first one is going to try to resist Laserhawk's grip. Uh, so what is your strength? Three. He resists really hard. He's able to break out of your grasp. He breaks free of your grasp and actually immediately like vaults himself over over the edge of the balcony down to the down to the ground. Okay. Uh, and just kind of lands on the ground. Meanwhile, the other four start moving in closer. One actually goes to slash at Ruby. Rude. 
parry plus 10. Uh, 18. Yeah, he slashes at you, but it like just misses you. Like You dodge right out of the way. Two of them move towards Yardak. One of them attempts to slash at Yardak. What's your parry plus 10? Uh, 17. Kind of a similar thing to what just happened to Ruby. You just kind of dodge right out of it. The other one, meanwhile, throws his knife at you. Mm-hmm. And what is your dodge plus 10? Dodge? Um, oh, same thing. 17. Yeah, you're going to have to roll a toughness save because he, he collided. He hit. Gotcha. Ooh, bitch, that's a nat 20! The, the knife goes just past you and slices your shoulder, but like adrenaline's pumping, you don't even feel it. I'll take it. And then another one throws his dagger at Mo inside of the shield. Rank 10. Yeah. This knife flies into the water and like becomes embedded into it and then just falls onto the ground. Nice. <laughs> Get wrecked. And the survivalists, you're not sure which one because they're all kind of like angry, but one of them just yells. All right, everyone, fall back, fall back. Rendezvous point, rendezvous point. Ooh, we gonna track them. It's uh, Laser Hawk's turn. Okay. What I want to do is I want to jump off the balcony while I'm in the air, wherever it would look coolest. I want to do a flip. <laughs> I mean, if I could do that, more power to me. But I, uh, I want to shoot off a solar shotgun at the guy who I was uh, scuffling with earlier in the hopes that I can knock him on his ass long enough for us to grab him and question him. You're going to want to roll acrobatics and then attack. All right. Acrobatics roll first. That would be a 21, a 10 plus 11. Yeah. You're able to do a sick ass flip. Fuck yeah, bud. I imagine like you vaulted off the side, flipped over, and then as you're falling, like, you know, release the shotgun. And that would be a 29, a 18 plus 11. And what's the DC on that? 25. He looks up as the shots rain down and just gets another a hit, but this time to the back, and that just puts him straight on his stomach. As you land, like I imagine, right around his charred body. I look over at him after hitting a perfect superhero landing and just kind of whisper, Boom shakalaka. So intimidating. And then it is Yardak's turn. Wait, when was it my turn? Oh yeah, did Ruby not get a turn? We skipped Ruby? Oh, we did skip Ruby. Sorry, Rachel. I think because she was like she had to do that role for the dodge, she just kind of like thought that was it. Yeah, yeah. The, she was supposed to be right after the baddies before Laserhawk. Um, so yeah, Rachel, you can go now. I'm not next to any of the bad guys, right? Oh, yes, I am. Except ah, it takes one of my turns to make a weapon. This is me just trying to help. But like I was like, you were out patrolling earlier. I would assume you had a weapon while you were patrolling. That's true. I think I would. Will you allow it, RC? All right, I'll allow it. We're out patrolling, you're right. It won't be a sword, because that would be kind of ridiculous just to have, but I'm imagining I have the little dagger that I made last time. Okay. Although it does is it a is it a turn to like take the dagger out? Yeah, it is your it's your move action. Oh, okay. Then I don't I just don't have to move away. So I take the dagger out and I go for a stabby. Rachel, we've really got to introduce you to the world of blunt weaponry. You can't go around stabbing all of your problems. You gotta whack some of them. Oh, before we recorded, I beat some guy up with a hammer. Jesus, Rachel, I meant like a stick. <laughs> I take my dagger out and I go for the stabby. It's a literal knife fight in the streets. Roll to roll to attack. Okay, 18. 
All right, you hit. What is your or it's your create rank is the limit. So create rank is four. You slice and you catch him along the chest and he is just like grabbing his bleeding chest as he goes to turn and try to run away. Got him. Too bad I didn't bring a gun to this knife fight. Yeah, he just goes, oh, he's behind the gas mask, so you can't quite make it out. Again, he's bleeding pretty good and he's like running now. It's uh, Yardak's turn. That guy looks a little far away. So then um, the one that's right here in front of me, I'm going to attempt by using my water power again. Most shield goes down, though, right? Correct. You cannot have both up at the same time. Unless you power stunt. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't feel it. I mean, these guys don't really seem like they're all that. With the guy, the other one that's next to me, is I'm going to take my uh, spear out and not try to stab him, but whack his leg to, like, knock him down. Make an attack check. But I am going to say that you are going to be at a slight penalty because you have to keep at least, like, one hand free to keep the shield going. Spear total 10. So, uh, 23 altogether. Yeah, what's the DC on that, the damage on that? Damage 3, strength-based, piercing. And your strength is 3? Uh, yep. Where do, you, where do you aim at? Well, it was like a swipe. Like, it wasn't like a stab. You catch him in the back of the calf as he's turning around. He just goes down on one knee and is, like, more like, like crawling. All right. Um, so you still have the shield up, correct? Yeah. The enemies are just starting to flee, except for... The one is completely down and the other one is like crawling away. They go around corners and like you can't really see them. This one gets a little further away, but not super far because he's pretty injured. Uh, Ruby's turn again. Is anyone really still like which ones are still there again? The only one that's still like the only one that you can still see at the moment and is not unconscious is the one that's a little further away from Yardak. A little bit down the street. He's like crawling on the sidewalk. I will try to put that guy in a box. That's all I can do from far away. You can throw the dagger. That seems to be the, the, the chic thing these days. Chic. I do not trust myself not to hit my friends with that shit. And also, having one for questioning would be good. Yeah, you know what? Despite his injury, like, as the box shimmers into existence, he, like, side rolls out of it. He actually, like... One second. As he does that roll, he gets back onto his feet, and like even though he's still bleeding a lot, he just takes off into a sprint. I don't like that. You know, I'm going to go, Mo. Are you all right? And Mo through the shield just gives you like a thumbs up. <laughs> My man, just hanging out. I love Mo. Okay, and I'm just gonna go thumbs up back. Okay, what the hell was that? It is Laserhawk's turn again. Bang. That would be a 26, 15 plus 11. Oh, okay. He was a good distance away, but you still got him. Uh, what's the DC on that? 25. Man, yeah. Uh, so where'd you hit him? Uh, he was running away, right? Like I imagine he was running like the opposite direction of me. Right, right. Right in between the shoulder blades. He, he flies forward and like slides on his chest along the gravel. Damn. Sorry, kid. When it turns out between me and Ruby, I'm the better boxer. Who's boxing? Oh, ha 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 ha. Ruby starts laughing, mostly at Yardak, for like taking that long to get the fun. So that's the case then, you are out of initiative. I'm gonna pick the guy up next to me by like the bottom of his shirt and the belt I'm presuming he's wearing. Okay. Walk him over to the van and be like, Yardak, you wanna grab the other one? Yeah, sure. Before you put these bleeding guys in my van... 
I'm not putting them in the van. I'm putting them next to the van. Thank you. I was going to make a tarp. Okay, so you let Mo out then, right? Yeah, and it's slow-mo, but like how, like, you know, like those super uh, slow-mo videos you can watch where it's actual bubble popping to where it kind of starts at the top and then it just kind of, I'm going to turn, like, while I'm hefting this guy up and over my shoulder to fireman carry him over to the car, I'm going to turn him out. Yeah, I really think James was onto something, huh? And Mo, wide-eyed and and bewildered, is like, "Yes, I, I'm sorry, I didn't believe him." So, are they all dressed the same? Like all the, they're all pretty much dressed the same, right? Yeah, very similarly. The two guys are knocked out, right? Correct. I am going to take their masks off. When you take their masks off, they're both very similarly styled: crew cut, shaved hair, no facial hair, burly, gruff-looking guys. They're both Brian. Brian unlocks the door and steps out. Everything all right now? Oh, how convenient. He comes out now. Well, he was watching the whole time through the, through the door. I I think so, but I... Mo should probably come with us for his protection. Um, we don't want to bring... We don't want anyone bringing more stuff to the things you're protecting. And Mo looks over to him. Yes, Brian, call Christopher. Tell him to come in tonight. I'll... I'll have to be taking a leave of absence. At this point, I look up at Ruby and, hey, you want to get some zip ties so when they wake up, they don't get away? Zip ties are a little too complicated for my powers, but, and I make some rope. That works. I just figured that handcuffs were a bit much. Can I take a picture of these two men and send the picture to a contact at Union to see if they know if, like, they're in any kind of database? Who are you texting? I guess Agent Lewis would make sense. Lewis actually calls you and says, what's going on? We had a tip about someone who worked at RCI who was murdered. And we had reason to believe Mo might be in danger. And we were right. A bunch of survivorless looking dudes came out and like were throwing daggers at him. We have Mo now got a lot of them. A couple of them managed to run away, but we incapacitated two of them. So I thought uh, maybe you could check to see if they were in the system. They're obviously some kind of group. Gotcha. That's a that's a negative right now, Visual. We're dead in the water at the moment. What? We've got a major system crash. Uh, our computer system just completely crashed today. We're locked out of the databases at the moment. Oh, shit. Bet it was Brian. <laughs> We're on a lockdown protocol on everything until until we can get everything back up and running. God, what happened? We were running some tests, some some systems overloaded, so we're just, uh, again, as a precaution, everything's on lockdown until we can get that sorted out. Okay, keep me updated when things are back online. Will do. Is everyone okay? I mean, not that you got murdered. But other than that, everyone's good. While she's having this conversation, I want to text Shauna, basically give her a, like a quick recap and say that James was right. Uh, we need to find out what these loose ends are. We have two guys in our possession right now that we captured after uh, they were trying to assassinate one of James's uh, work friends. We should make sure that Ruth is okay. Oh, my moon and stars. I was just wondering if I've heard anything back from Data Kraken yet. Uh, Data Kraken, what all did you send to him again? Uh, I just sent him all the information that we got last night at the hotel before we left. This was this was tonight, to be clear. This is all happening in the same time. Oh, wow. Fucking crazy. 
yeah, so I sent him basically everything that we got, and I'm assuming I sent him, uh, hey, we just stopped another assassination attempt. We think it's linked. You got anything for me yet? Do you send him any pictures or anything? Or like what? I guess like that's why I want to know what. I wasn't in the hotel room, so I don't. Um, unless like Ruby or Yardak took any pictures that they gave me. Just of the note. Okay, so like that, and I guess a picture of the two guys who I just busted. Yes, I've received nothing on the initial information you provided me. Can you enotate like an insignia that's on the the guys? Yeah, I take the picture and I send it to him. I guess. Uh, and roll an intellect check, Laser Hawk. Seventeen. And suddenly you're hit with a realization. Oh, shit. Guys, I think I might know what this is connected to. Oh, snap. You ever heard of a little fella by the name of Apocalypse Man? That's the most fucking neckbeardy edgelord shit I've heard in a damn long while. Do I have to roll to see if I've heard of Apocalypse Man? Yeah, let's have you everyone roll everyone roll an intellect check. 19. 18. Kind of just like with Laserhawk. Vaguely familiar, but like you don't know anything about him. I've, I've heard of him. The name doesn't sound great. Good old Burt McIntyres, a gentleman who I met a while back. One of those survivalist nutcases who thinks the global economy is about to tank. And uh, he's preparing for it by stealing a bunch of random technology for his post-apocalyptic civilization or whatever bullshit he believes. I don't know. He attacks the financial sector. He attacks the energy grid. Shit like that. Uh, As far as I know, he worked alone. So this is all new to me. He definitely didn't have any friends back in high winds. We need to not be taking this guy lightly. This guy's nutters with a capital dangerous. So, just none of these guys were Apocalypse Man, right? Oh, no, these are just a bunch of slap nuts who I assume he found at the Bass Pro Shop or wherever he hangs out in his all time. Not great, I'll be honest. That's concerning. Yardak, could you heal one of these guys enough that, that we could ask him some questions? Okay, I do my little uh, finger-wavy magic mojo and... Wake up, grunt number one. Also, we need to check on Ruth. Yeah, they kind of both stir awake. What the fuck? Yeah, you tell me the fuck. And he kind of holds his hands up. Let me out of these fucking things. No. Not a chance. And he also kind of like feels in his chest area, and he's like, how'd you do that? I'm not bleeding anymore. Nah, I healed you. And if you don't want to start bleeding again, you're going to tell us what we want to know. I'm not telling you shit. All right. I slice him. Oh. I can heal him again. Heroes. Oh, this is torture. This is literally torture. Ruth is in danger. See these people there? Good morals. Out the window at the first sign of trouble. (laughs) Well, don't fuck with Ruth Day and you won't have an issue. Instead of having you slice him again, I was just going to put my knife up to him and be like, you know he can hurt you. All right, so we're going to say that you sliced one and then Ruby's threatening the other. And as soon as I slice him, I heal it again to show him that I can do this for a long, long time. Well, I'm uncomfortable. Roll intimidation, Ruby. With a little bonus from Yardak assistance. Intimidation for 18. I did that math in my head. The one that you have the knife to is looking scared and he looks at me and goes, 
They can't do anything about it. We should just tell them everything. See, this guy is smart. You should listen to him. Yeah, um, except his friend who you cut leans over and headbutts uh, his buddy in the jaw. Should I cut him again? Just move him. Moments later, the guy who he headbutted, the one who said we should tell everyone, starts convulsing. Fucking cyanide capsule in the mouth. He's like foaming at the mouth. The other one cracks down on his. God damn it. As he dies. I'm not going to let him. Heal, heal the first one. The one who didn't have a choice in the fucking cyanide capsule. So I'm going to power stunt to save him. Uh, I'm going to say that's not a power stunt, but you are going to have to use a hero point. Your hero point. All right. Worth it. So 25. Yeah, he starts to stabilize, but the other one is just ragdolled. I'll, I'll try to save him, but I'm not using near as much moxie as I did with the guy who was actually trying to help us. Oh, looking a little grim, buddy. That's a six. Uh, plus 10, 16. Yeah, he's uh, he's a little too far gone. Okay. Um, and Mo is like freaking out now about this entire interrogation. Oh, no, I forgot poor Mo was with us. I was like, Mo, it's it's fine. It's fine. We really need to check on Ruth. Where, where are we taking this one? Can I always drag him to the laser hut? I love that. What does Mo think of the laser hut? <laughs> Mo is in a little too much shock, and Mo is in the process of calling Ruth Day. Okay. Ruth, Ruth, are you there? And he's got her on speakerphone. Yeah, yeah, Mo, I'm here. What, What's up? We assume the same people who went after James, but someone just tried to kill Mo. We thought you might be next, and we just wanted to make sure that you were okay, and you need to keep your guards up, or you could come with us, and we could try to keep you safe. Yeah, I'm okay. I was just sleeping. Do I need to meet you guys somewhere, or is something going down? Um, do, uh, One, I assume we know where Ruth Day lives. Yeah, yeah, you know where her apartment is. I'm going to send her the address of the same place we picked up Laserhawk that was near his uh, warehouse, and say, meet us here. Yeah, yeah, I'll uh, I'll meet you there. You hear her, like, moving around. All right, yeah, I'm getting dressed now. Sorry, I, I have trouble waking up sometimes. As as you hear her someone around getting dressed, all of a sudden, you hear glass crack. Don't shoot. Holy shit! You hear, like, the sound of, like, a heavy breathing. Someone's breaking in. I'm running. I'm running. Uh, stay on the line! Uh, do I know the area well enough? Let me have you roll another intellect check. Okay, that makes sense. Sixteen. Yeah. I turn to Ruby and scream, address. I give Laserhawk whatever Ruth addresses. I show Laserhawk a picture of Ruth, because I don't think they've met. Oh yeah, good call. Okay, Ruth, uh, Laserhawk is coming towards you. Keep an eye out for him. And at that moment you hear, okay, and then you hear, whoa. And you uh, hear, like, just like a swiping sound. And you hear Ruth go, you son of a bitch, you broke my phone. And then you hear the sound of a punch, and you hear a, a man groan and, and hit the ground. Damn right. Yeah! Oh shit, there's more of them! And I proceed to Pulsar Pogo away toward rapid danger. Chapter 28. Cataclysm. Masks and Mayhem uses Mutants and Masterminds 3rd edition by Green Room Publishing. We are not affiliated. You can find the game and its creators at greenronin.com. The podcast is written, produced, and attacked while clocked in at work by myself, R.C. Byler. Our official art is by Jen Evans, and our branding is by A.J. Solomon. Our theme music is by Cloud Road Music. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes 
can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com. idea for a villain i love apocalypse man uh you can thank my best friend tom he helped me collaborate on this did he come up with a stupid fucking name because that's my favorite part is that's no i think i came up with the name he helped me come up with the concept he's my jack kirby i love that stupid fucking name so much because it's so perfect for a guy like he probably thinks that name is so cool but in reality he's the dork at the best pro shop who's like her government stole my potatoes I, I also named him uh, uh, Burt McIntyre, specifically after Reba McIntyre. Oh, see, I went to Burt Macklin. Burt Macklin, why do I know that name? Parks and Rec. Oh, uh, okay, so, you know, I got Burt from uh, Burt Gummer from Tremors, uh, who is, whose wife is played by Reba McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Also, Reba McIntyre is the voice of the head of the Pentagon in the uh, Spies in Disguise movie. <laughs> I never saw that. Um, but yeah, no, I was watching. I was watching Tremors when I was trying to come up with a cool character, and I was like, and I was just talking about it with Tom, and he was like, what about like, cause I wanted to come up with something a little different. And he was like, what about like a billionaire Batman type? And I was like, well, we've already kind of done billionaire bad guys. Like he's like, well, all right. What about like a middle-class bad guy? And I was like, Ooh, like what? And I was watching tremors. Like, Ooh, what about like a survivalist, like middle-class guy who like, you know, thinks the end is coming. I found it funny that we were like doing like a crime scene investigation as I've been rewatching like a show that has a lot of crime scene investigation. Like I've been watching psych and I'm like, well, there's been a lot of times where you guys have gone to, like, police procedural uh, genre stuff. Yeah. Maybe maybe a, a hero could be Sean Spencer if he actually was psychic. I, uh, I can't help sort of laugh at the fact that, like, I've become an oddly leftist superhero. What do you mean? My current enemy is some crazy right-wing nutjob who thinks the economy is going to collapse. Before that, I fought a bunch of racists. Yeah. I'm turning into oddly like the anarcho punk symbol. What'd you guys think of the episode? Solid. I felt like that was a really good mix of shit. Got a. I really this episode was really fun, and I like that we've had an opportunity to bring back characters who've been gone for a while, like Mo and Ruth, and not necessarily in this episode as much, but Agent Alan Rickard as well. And I like that the pacing felt way more rapid than it normally does like not saying like in a good way or a bad way oh in a good way because like normally not like straight up boredom but like when it, we're like in a scene for so long especially when it's like a dialogue heavy scene i'm just kind of like okay like <laughs> what's next talking to shauna then going into the room to research then back to shauna then to rci and like talking to mo and then like if it were a tv show you could like see where like the cut to commercial would be and uh, I also felt like, even though, like, what, this episode wasn't, like, what, well, we went about two and a half hours about our normal amount, but we also got combat in there, and not just combat, but other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We actually got an episode with character stuff and combat! Yay! Yeah, it always seems to be, like, heavy one way or the other. 
Although the entire time she's like, Ruth's on the phone. And I was like, bitch, we're gonna hear something. I can tell. God damn it. You like to hurt me. I do. I do. I like to all I like to cause you just a little bit of stress. I mean, hurt you. Austin died in my arms a couple episodes ago, so <laughs> your 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 character is uh being attacked, but is apparently like, you know, sufficiently fighting off on her own. Right. She's a tough bitch. It's it's Yardak's turn for the trauma. Like Ruby's done. And do you feel like I balanced your individual characters well? Like, did you all feel like you had something to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like there were a few areas where I didn't really have much to do, but I admit that that's because I chose to hang back in a couple spots. Uh, you still find a way to work with that really well, though. Um, I, I love that apparently every time we meet a new character, we just keep comparing them to people from like characters from Mike's show shows. 